Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. John Von Tobel is here. Yeah, college football. We were just talking to Brad Powers. College football, week zero, 16 days away, 23 days away for week one. We'll have a little chatter later in the hour about uh, UNLV practice today. Practices are closed down to the media for the next few days, so they'll get into the nitty-gritty. Um, scrimmage on Saturday. We're not welcome. I'm not saying that in a bitter fashion because we've we've had incredible access so we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about and john was out there i'm gonna show t- up today you're just gonna show up and look over the fence kick, kick me out let's go what are you gonna do uh, thought you were trying to instill goodwill with the media what do you like we have to watch the first scrimmage yeah, let's go come on i i am well obviously i would love to watch i'd be pretty fascinated by seeing it mm-hmm. considering what has stuck out in practice so far you know in the times that i've been able to get out there so very fascinated okay raiders and niners notes on I was going to call it a scrimmage. Their joint practice. Um, interesting topic we just hit with Brad Powers about reports from practice. Be very careful on what you see. Like that that tweet that made the rounds about Deion's son, Shadur Sanders, the quarterback mm-hmm. at Colorado, just being spectacular, right? 22 touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't even know what that means. I don't know who's keeping track of that. I don't know when he's throwing. Like what? Actually, what? What's also kept um, numbers on? Is it eleven on elevens? Is it seven on sevens? Uh, as we talk about all the time, and all, and it's the same thing with these joint practices. By the way, when you're going to see results from a joint practice, there are times, especially with two teams opposing teams meeting up, John, mm-hmm. where there's a there's a mission. Uh, something's kind of predetermined at different parts of these practices, and that goes for your regular practice and your joint practice. So, just seeing something happen and then going, hey, so-and-so, the quarterback just threw a second interception of the practice, that's not the full story. And you don't know what the team was working on. You don't know if it was really true 1v1 and everyone go all out either. Right. Uh, and also, I mean, consider the source because it seems to have originated from somebody who, let's say, seems pretty tight with Deion Sanders. So, right, that could be one thing too. Yeah. Um, and, and then you brought up a point about – sorry to cut you off. Keep going. Well, I was just going to say, can we point out the obvious thing too, which is – Maybe this is a sign. Their defense sucks. That too. Like, that could be a little bit of a problem. As we've talked about before, standing on the sidelines at camp, and Caleb has pointed this out a bunch, Caleb Herring. At UNLV football. At UNLV football, which is defense. He told me even today, he's like, you know, defense should probably be ahead and winning most of these early days in camp. And so if that's really the case and your guy's throwing 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions, you got a problem. Which wouldn't shock me. Because Dion thought that turning over, you know, sixty-five guys on his roster and having a team ready to go in the fall—that's insane, mm-hmm. totally insane—to have almost no experience. And he blew a lot of guys out simply because they were on the teams of the past that lost. That doesn't mean everyone on the team has no value. And you saw it when they went into the transfer portal. Uh, nine to ten, eleven, twelve guys landed at other Power Fives. You couldn't use those guys, mm-hmm. especially if they're on defense. Can you also imagine? that maybe he actually does have 22 touchdowns and interceptions because every time a DB is like, dude, I can totally pick that off, but I'm going to get cut. So 
I don't want to. I, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. I don't know what goes into that, but I mean, we we addressed, you know, prior stories about Raiders camp has changed, and in the past maybe there was a little mental protection for Derek Carr, and not you know picking him off all the time, and it's fair game now with Jimmy G. I don't know. I don't know. Um, is it fair game to use a Billy Walters book to really smear the good name of good name of Phil Mickelson? Is that actually is that a thing? The good name of Phil Mickelson. This is it's definitely a name. I, I'm not. I wasn't blown away by the assertion by Billy Walters, you know, all-time professional gambler, that Phil Mickelson bet a lot. These numbers are pretty crazy. It, it almost seems impossible. No, but if you're if you're a rich person and a degenerate oh. gambler, this you, this is what you can do. I don't mean about the figures in terms of the money. Yeah. So one of the allegations is that he bet he had forty three MLB bets in a day. What? So let's assume that every team is playing that day. Yeah. And even then you have a bet on every game. That still puts you what at thirty? So even then you've still got to like what what am I wrong? No, I'm because I'm also thinking like there really wasn't is it recent or there I mean, would you have a bookie who you could do in game betting with? Because I don't know that in game betting was Prevalent when Mickelson was at his peak betting. That's the other thing. So that and that's that was going to be my other question, which is like, and player props are like back then nowhere near what they are now. Yeah. So it's not like you're like clicking on it and I'm betting Hyunjin Ryu strikeouts over. I'm betting so and so. You know what I mean? Like those weren't really prevalent at all. Holy crap! That the the amount of bets is what I call into question. Maybe he was hedging himself with a bunch of parlays as well. I'm going to pick my individual games. I like these two. Te- I like these two teams together. I'm a lock that maybe these three together they'll you know they all went out. I don't know. 2011, the numbers went like this: uh, 3,150 bets in 2011. That's nine a day. 858 different bets of $220,000. 1,115 bets of $110,000. And then this is the one that I mean the real golfer on the Cofield and Company crew is Damon mm-hmm. JV Golf. JV golf right. in high school. I, baby. I, I couldn't make JV golf in high school. Um, no tryouts. He wanted to bet. He tried to bet four hundred thousand dollars on the Ryder Cup in two thousand twelve that he was in. He tried to bet on his team. USA. Oh, he did. Yeah, I saw USA. a report. It was trying to bet on on his team. He's a patriot. Yep. So sounds like to me, Steve, you don't like America. <laughs> that's, you nailed it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sounds exactly like that's where yeah, you're going. I like, I like that's what you came up with. You're right. Very anti-American. I, How dare you? Why didn't he bet okay. on the opposition? So can I? Okay. Okay. Do we? So we're not. Again, we're not like innocent here. We understand right. athletes bet. Um, I still believe that Pete Rose bet uh, you know on the Reds and against the Reds. Um, I just think that's what degenerate members do. How worked up are we going to get now? Especially in an era where betting is very acceptable in the NFL. Though you do any of this, right? I think you're done for life. So you're the golfer. Ryder Cup, you want to bet on yourself. Are you mad? I think the PGA should uh, cut ties with him. I think I don't think he's that big of a star anymore. I don't think he's a name. They've already got the Saudi bag. They're not missing out on the money. Just, Phil, you know what? Thanks, but I, no thanks. I do like that, though. I like that. You know, Phil, we can't do this. We can't have your name golf, sullying golf. the brand of the PGA. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This, who, who just got involved? Who they just merged with? The South. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil, that's a bridge too far, though, bro. Sorry. Draw a line somewhere. Sorry, right? Hey, the line goes like this. But yeah, sure, you got to draw the, the ma- line. Somewhere. The Masters did it. The Masters went through a whole dog and pony show with 
Tiger Woods over adultery. Yeah. And you know the majority of those white-haired dudes sitting up on stage are like, yeah, got to call my side piece after this. Right. Like, how many affairs do those guys have? And they're like, Tiger Woods! Stop trying to get your D wet. Yeah. Shameful. Right. I, you are, you are, to, to DeMond's point, the yeah. PGA, all high and mighty. Right. Getting their blood money. Well, that's why Saudis. I'm sorry, but like hearing that uh, sentence, it's like hilarious. Wagging their finger. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I think it is somewhat clear that Phil Mickelson probably has a gambling problem. Okay. What? Yeah. I think it's somewhat safe to say that Phil's probably got to call the number. However, <laughs> like at the same time, you know, when you're looking at this, I mean, that should be the takeaway. I don't think we should be getting up in arms and trying to be like Phil should never be a part of anything ever again. He's a terrible human being. I don't think that's that's not the angle you should take. If you want to say that he's got a problem and that he should probably do something about that, sure, I think that's fair. If you're if you're down so bad that you've got to get in 43 MLB bets in one day, then you've got a problem. But I don't think there should be some moral high ground where we wag our finger and say Phil shouldn't be a part of the PGA Tour, especially given the history of some of the courses and <laughs> given the given what we just talked about in terms of the financial backing of the merging that they just went through. I think it'd be a bold move if they did. I just want to see what would happen. I think. I mean, maybe, maybe, not, maybe maybe like maybe a statement if if they at least Ooh, a strongly a statement. worded statement. There we might, go. Now we do something. What I mean, kind of font? I mean, you could look at this. The 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 sport is filled and run by a lot of creeps. This guy's extra level creep. Nicholson. Yeah. Sure. And the majors aren't all controlled by the PGA. Why can't the majors step up? I mean, if any place would do it. The sons of you-know-whats at the Masters who, again, like lectured publicly Tiger Woods. Come on. If there's a he, wanted a bet, he wanted a bet on a major, and which means he probably did it all the friggin' time. He wanted a bet on a major golf event. If the Masters is all highfalutin, but couldn't I'm, they step up and go, you know what, you're banned for life. You're just not welcome here. He's betting on himself. Sully and the Masters' good name as well. Yeah, there's a really, really rich tradition there over Those at the Masters. Those pimento and cheese sandwiches are still two fifty or whatever. Well, uh, I mean, if this were the case, there's no league that could suspend anyone for anything. So I mean, you can't. I, you can't you, I like, think outside we can't of, do we can't do whataboutism. But I'm not if, doing. If you're talking about the worst cases out there. Who's doing whataboutism? I'm not. Well, we're kind of doing it. Like, how dare you suspend him? Well, who did I say that about? I don't think like we, we all that. brought up the Saudi money. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can you? That's what I'm Like, you're dirtbags. How dare you suspend another, but it's another a, dirtbag? It's a slippery slope. Do you? Do we really think Phil Mickelson's the only one doing some underhanded things? You're doing what about him again? Because you're right. I w- I can immediately come in. One of the one of the great tales that really hasn't been blown up in the history of golf is like there there are stories. Arnold Palmer was, and he's a legend, and you're not allowed to speak about him negatively. Like he was. A freaking voracious womanizer himself, and it just—it's like it's Arnie. You don't talk about him that way, you know. That's another great part of of golf, and like when they went after Tiger Woods, like one of your other big stars. I mean, when we seen it, I mean, Jesus, the un, the main announcer, Jim Nance, had a twenty year old on the side. Hello, friends. And that that and that was that went totally public. I mean, that, the adultery thing with the finger, they, they got it. Everyone's got to stop on that. I just don't think anything that we have read here, and but I, I'm going to have to re- buy this book. It's going to be annoying. Um, 
I, I, I don't think there's anything here that I is like punishable. This. I like that you have Phil's back. I don't. Well, I don't. Well, well, like, what is there. here? Demond's a country club guy. You talk to him. I just. He's I don't understand. Wants to protect a good brand of golf. I don't understand what's what's on here on this list that's worth banning him over. We're, the same thing we're talking about with all these college football players. We can't have you ruining the integrity of the game. It's the Ryder Cup bet where yeah. they're asking Rory about it, and he makes a joke about it. it was like uh, he can vote, he can bet on USA this year because he's not playing. Sure. Did he say that? Yes, Rory did say that. <laughs> but there's I no like Rory. I mean, in this case, if it's right, yeah. I mean, if he's betting on the Ryder Cup and the team that he's on. There's no match fixing or anything like that. You're trying to win, so he's betting on himself. This is essentially what he's doing when he goes out there every time to play golf, right? True. So I don't – I mean, I, if you have a problem with the betting on the event that you're involved in, I can understand that. But I find it hard to look at a guy who clearly has a gambling problem and go, Ooh. he can't be – he can't be part of this. Well, until you get that problem cleaned up, we don't want what? to do anything we'll with ooing. you. I just I – love, I love the angles of, but I'm sick. I mean, well, that's yeah. I, I, that's a great weapon to pull out. Gambling addiction can't help it. You know, it's kind or, of like or to my comment earlier, Arnie had a sex addiction. I mean, don't we it, all? He needs help. We turn our back on him when he needs help. I've got time blindness. Wait, what? You that's why you're late all the you time. Is yeah, that what you yeah. you haven't heard this? Yeah, no. this no, is like a is thing. That? Yeah, it's time blindness. I just I really struggle with time. What? And understanding how long it takes to get places and how long time, you know, no. how long things will take. Has to, anyone to actually do. ever used that? There was a there was a viral that, video on TikTok like a like a week or two ago where this yeah. girl was crying into her oh, camera about I guess she went to a job interview and um, they didn't ha- they didn't offer any help for time blindness. But it turned out that she was actually just talking to her mom the whole time. It was like a whole thing. But I kinda wanna use it now. I have time blindness. Oh my god. Even though I will say I'm actually the most punctual, I think, out of all the Gofield company members. Ooh, that's a good. We, that's a good discussion. That's like today's discussion. a rare day where I texted you guys. I was like, I might be late, and I still wasn't. But I, I don't think there's ever been a day where you've had a problem with me in terms of punctuality. I would put my resume up with anybody. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten quite a few. Hey, add another minute yeah, add at the top. Minute. Yeah, add another minute to the top. Yep. All right. But no, it's never. I guess I have it. It's punctuality. Also. Steve, show starts at three every day. Very, very busy, man. So you've got time blindness. I'm always trying to cram stuff in. No, I just try to do too much. You like Phil Mickelson or sick? I do need help. I, I absolutely need help. Uh, 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller 7. Let's give away some uh, Aces tickets against the Dream 4-pack ESPN Zone. The 13th, that's right around the corner on Sunday. AXS.com is the website where you can grab your tickets. It's brought to you by... Finley, Volkswagen, Henderson, and Westar Credit Union, AXS.com, to get tickets to the Dream in Town against your Aces at Mick Ultra Arena. It's a Sunday game, but we got a four pack right now in the ESPN zone. Caller 7 364 We'll continue our Raiders opponent previews, talking Jets, which you know, coincides with the Jets on Hard Knocks. Dan Leberfeld from SiriusXM and Jet Whispers is going to be with us in less than. Ten minutes. We got updates on the first of today's preseason games. Uh, Houston is up seven to three on New England. There he is, Mister Neck, Mister Neck. It's going to be hard. Davis Mills. Yep, it's going to be hard. I didn't even mention his name. I just Mister Neck, voice of God. Everyone knows what that means. Leo Schreiber, uh, Mister Neck, Davis Mills, Stanford, nine of twelve touchdown pass. Stroud in there for a little bit. Ooh, int. Mm-hmm. Mills has won the job. 
That's my unofficial prediction. Hey, quarterback competitions, they pop up out of nowhere, Steve. I don't want to say it because I haven't seen everyone play yet in practice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, do I fire this out there? I favor when you have a decent veteran, I favor playing the veteran for like three or four games. And even if they're even if you're on a schedule and, and that means like Davis Mills or your guy, Minshew Mania, could come out of the gates and be three and oh and three and one or four and oh and I'd still be like, Okay, well this is about the time I wanted Richardson to play. I just don't see. I know you. I know you. You're pushing for trial by fire. He's starting, by the way. Did you see that report? Richardson is starting the first game of the preseason. Yeah. So then he's not the starter. It's already been decided. I mean, that doesn't mean anything at all. I mean, he might be in for seven plays. Sure. And Bryce Young's is he definitely the guy? Yes. Over Andy Dalton? Yes. This is lunacy. No, it's not. This is like this is the way the NFL's gone for like the last ten years. I don't like it. So, like, 10 years you've been shaking your fist at the sun? Like, this is ridiculous. Yes. How long should he sit behind Andy Dalton then? I just said, I think a schedule of four games, and let's see how it goes. And then they're, they're in. Now, now the, again, the problem is you have to stick to the schedule. That's such. Like, if you're 4-0, it's kind of tough to pull Andy Dalton or Mills. or. It's such an arbitrary benchmark. Ah, four games. Yeah. <laughs> Four games is being the backup quarterback with no game plan preparation you know, whatsoever, and you're ready to go. There's a discussion with Jacoby Brissett. Got good money. Uh, you know, are you Sam Howell's a second year guy? Yeah, but he's also a fifth round pick. Who's like five ten? I actually think Sam Howell. If he, if Sam no, Howell, don't. no, I actually do. If Sam Howell's somewhat ready, then I'm fine. As a second year guy, I'm fine getting him on the field from the get go. Because he sat a whole year and learned behind Carson Wentz. I, I also think the other three guys. No, are tar- Taylor Heineke. The that. other three guys are better than Jacoby Brissett. Although at, at Raider Stadium, Jacoby Brissett looked like freaking <laughs> second Peyton coming of Peyton Manning. Yeah, he was unbelievable. <laughs> like freaking good. So we'll see. It's early. It's early. I don't like to do all these quarterback predictions this early. I mean, you're but right. The, but, the, but all those situations, um, you know, I mean, all four are developmental. They, like, they don't have a quarterback in place. Like, how many games do you want to win, and when the hell do you get the, the, the fresh young quarterback on the field? But also balance, like, not crushing him. And luckily the Jets could come out of it because Rodgers was available and they hired Hackett and they played it smart. But you saw – I mean, they, they are at the beginning now with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. That was a disaster. Sure. And when, mean, and when, you know, your other options are freaking old man Joe Flacco and, you know, something that calls itself Mike White – that's his name. Yes. Yes. But for now in Miami. For every he'll probably case, light up the Jets for the rest of his life. But. For cases that you make, I can point to another case of guys who started right away and were perfectly fine. There's no perfect science to it. I mean I mean there's also unique cases. Look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones looked solid his rookie year. They won ten games. He got to the playoffs the second year. They screw up the offensive staff. What happens? He regresses. And for some reason the second year is the real thing for a lot of people, not the first year in which he had a good offensive staff around him and he looked okay. You can look everywhere. Trevor Lawrence, it's all about the situation you're in. People ready to punt on Trevor Lawrence after his rookie year. The they coaching were. staff was they a were. nightmare. Yeah, they were. And then sure enough, what happened last year, got into a better situation, boom, took off. He's fine. Let's qualify another person for the weekly Lotus Summer Fun trip. Caller 7, 364-1100. When you call in, you qualify for a four-pack of tickets to an Aviators game. And then you are in the running for a trip to New Orleans. That's the trip this week. This is all brought to you by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T 
L. The New Orleans trip, you get a five-day trip to New Orleans. You get a show on a riverboat, airboat in the swamp, $1,000 in spending money, or you can just take the cash. Don't Go, go on the trip, okay? It's, it's an, an awesome trip. I go every year to New Orleans, so love that city. Uh, yeah, take the trip or take the cash. 364-1100, Lotus Summer Fun, we're hooking you up. You qualify right now with the month. All right, it's time. We're going through Raider opponent previews here on Cofield & Company and ESPN Las Vegas. John Von Tobel is here. Damon as well. It's Cofield from Jets Confidential. Dan Leberfeld is up with us. What's up, Dan? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Long time no speak. I know, buddy. Um, did you just post a picture of the Denny's World Headquarters in uh, South Carolina? Yeah, I was uh, I was driving down the main street in Spartanburg. And, oh my God, look at that building! I couldn't believe Denny's had such a massive headquarters. How, <laughs> I don't know; it just hit me for some reason. That's a great picture. I was like, "That's that's random," but I, I do stuff like that too. Um, Is how, there a Denny's in the building? Oh, I don't know. No, I, I couldn't find it. Uh, I didn't see a Denny's in Spartanburg, which was weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> the town that it's in. I go. I'd go find a Shoney's. I like those in the South. Um, how is how is Spartanburg so far? Uh, it was interesting because the first day they had the practice, and today they did not practice, the Jets did not practice against the Carolina Panthers because there was a lot of rain early in the morning, and the, the two fields they were practicing on got uh, drenched. So they went into the Wolford Stadium where they play football there, which has better drainage, so they could only have one field available, so they just did their regular practices, the Panthers first and the Jets second. So there was only one instance yesterday when they practiced against each other. But it was it was interesting uh, to see them match up against other people after watching them for a week and a half, just matching up against each other. So what's, uh, oh, generally, now that the Savior is there, what's the vibe been like? How different is it there this year as opposed to last? Last and for a decade, I mean, they're yeah. relevant. You can feel the relevancy in the air, and you can see you know, what Aaron Rodgers can do to pump more life into an organization, a new organization, because uh, everyone has a you know, different pep in their step, and they they feel they have a chance finally. And as a B-writer, it's, it's a lot more fun. I'm not a fan, but as a B-writer, it's a lot more fun to cover relevancy instead of irrelevancy. And Rodgers makes them a playoff contender for sure. And I'll tell you what, watching him the first couple of weeks, he might have lost a little mobility on bootlegs, but that's about it. Everything else looks the same to me. All right, I'll read you a headline and get your sense of this if this is accurate. Gents, uh, Jets sense frustration from Aaron Rodgers. Uh-oh, offense after spotty practice. Uh, what is this spotty practice they're referring to? Are we finally seeing the true Aaron Rodgers come out? No, that was that's, that headline, I saw that too. It's a little misleading because uh, Connor McGovern, the center, was asked about you know, is is Rogers a little frustrated because it wasn't a great end of the practice against Carolina when they were first team Jets offense against first team Carolina defense. They went three and out, and the offensive line was very leaky. So that's kind of that kind of led to that story. Uh, it, it, but he he's not that frustrated. I think it was a question to another player: Is Aaron frustrated? So you know, Aaron's frustrated. We're all frustrated. But it's your typical training camp frustration story because in the middle of camp there's obviously going to be ugliness 
as far as things you're trying to fix along the way. And the thing about training camp is every play has a positive and a negative for a team because if the offense completes a pass, it's usually because the defense didn't cover right. So every play has a negative in training camp. So new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. On its surface, it sounds like it's maybe a year which could get off to a slow start. What have been your observations overall with this offense, the installation, and could there actually be growing pains for a team that has a lot of new pieces? Well, I'll tell you what. The the NFL schedule makers didn't do them any favor. Any favor is the way the season starts. You know about their schedule at the beginning with the likes of Kansas City and Buffalo and a very tough schedule right out of the gate in the first six weeks. Even, you know, Denver, we don't know what Denver's going to be, but it, the toughest part of their schedule is the first six weeks. And when you're a team trying to come together, get on the same page, develop chemistry, uh, you don't want the toughest part of your schedule early in the year. So I think it's really going to help Aaron Rodgers in that offense to have Alan Lazard, who came over from Green Bay, to have Randall Cobb, who came over from Green Bay, to have Billy Turner on the offensive line who came over from Green Bay. I think that's going to help them early in the season as far as – because you can tell Rodgers when when things aren't going the best in practice in the passing game, there's a pass to Cobb or Lazard, and they're exactly where he expects them to be. All right, Dan, let's talk about some of the uh, linchpins on this team in terms of keys to the season – O-line and O-line depth, because uh, obviously the tackle positions, if healthy, can be really good, but uh, health could be an issue. Yeah, I think when, when people talk about this offensive line, I know it's a, it's a big question mark right now. I think that four of the five positions are going to be fine as we sit here right now. I think the interior is good with Connor McGovern at center. Joe Timmon will eventually take over the second round pick out of Wisconsin, but I don't think at the beginning of the season. So Connor McGovern at center, Elijah Vera Tucker is having a great camp coming off the torn tech muscle. He, he could be an all time great at guard. Uh, Lakin Thomas is solid at guard. And I think the right tackle position is going to be okay because either Max Mitchell or Billy Turner is going to go over there. Eventually they're the ones starting now with Becton, you know, still going back from the knee and Dwayne Brown on the pup list. So I think the right tackle will be fine with one of those two guys. It's the left tackle position that's the big question mark, and obviously that's the most important position when you have a right-handed quarterback. Dwayne Brown uh, has not practiced at all this, this, this summer. He's on the pup list coming off a torn rotator cuff that he needs surgery on, and I haven't even seen him on the rehab field in Florham Park the last few days we were there, the last three days I didn't even see him on the rehab field, so I don't know what's going on with him. And Becton, it's interesting, Becton, you know, watching him today in Spartanburg, it's like he has some good plays, but he's on such a strict pitch count, he's not out there very much. And I saw him today, he made a nice block on a play, and then right after the play he's adjusting his knee brace. Yeah. It made me think he's just not comfortable with that thing. And, and the Jets are wondering at this point, can he make it through a whole full game? So Dwayne Brown coming off the shoulder, Beckton coming off the knee. I'm not sure how that left tackle situation turns out. Jets Raiders, November 12th. It's a ways off, but we're doing uh, Raiders opponent previews from the back end of the season through the middle of the season to the beginning. And Dan Leberfeld is here with us, Sirius XM host. He's on Twitter at Jets Whispers, Jets Confidential. Throw out the phone number. Obviously, people can go to the uh, Twitter account to get it, but throw out the phone number. Yeah, uh, people want to subscribe to the, the monthly magazine. 
It's 1-800-932-4557. That's 1-800-932-4557. I sound like one of those Vegas couch services, <laughs> throwing not? the number out like that. <laughs> Why not? All right, give me a weakness or a point of concern for you on the defense for the Jets. I, I'm one of those people, and I'm rare in this regard as far as I don't think the defense was as good last year as people hmm. are saying. I think it was overhyped. They played a lot of average to below average quarterbacks. Think about it. They played Skylar Thompson twice. Yeah. Seventh round rookie out of Kansas State with Miami. One game he started, the other game Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in the first play he came in. Skylar Thompson twice. Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh take and Kenny Pickett took over in the middle in his first start. I could go down the list, but they beat up on a lot of bad quarterbacks and down the stretch in that six-game losing streak, the defense slipped a little bit. The concerns on defense are this, the safety positions. Losing Chuck Clark, the former Baltimore Raven, who they traded for in the offseason and is a very cerebral player, a traffic cop back there. He blew his knee out in OTAs. That's a big loss. Because right now they have Adrian Amos, who's kind of a journeyman and kind of a, more of a box safety than a center fielder. Jordan Whitehead, was a thumper against the run last year, but was very inconsistent in coverage. And I, watching in camp, the safety coverage has been very pedestrian, as has the linebacker coverage of tight ends, which wasn't great last year. When you look at C.J. Mosley, still a solid player, but he doesn't have the wheels he used to, and guys pull away from him. And the other linebacker, Quincy Williams, is that 4-5 or five speed, but... When you run 4-5, but your coverage instincts aren't great, it looks like you're running 4-9. So he's a good good hitter and good in the box, but when he has to go backwards, not think about this stat, Steve. This stat blows me away. Quincy Williams last year, who's, who's a fast linebacker, started 15 games. He had no interceptions and one PD. Covers linebacker, no interceptions, yeah. one PD, 15 games. Right. Does that trouble you at all, Steve? Yes, yes. those are not good numbers. <laughs> You're right. All right, uh, let's look at the AFC East. Worst team in the AFC East, who is it? Uh, that's a great question. I have to I have to say New England right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks there, and I think Bill O'Brien will, will make a big difference, but – you know, will the real Mac Jones please stand up? We don't really know what they have there. Uh, I don't think they're great at corner in New England, to be honest with you. They're a little thin there. And they just don't have a lot of difference makers on defense. Uh, so I would say New England. I, I just got blown away by that roster. All right. Uh, hard knocks when they're at these camps, and I'm, I'm, I know you were around for the last time they were out with Rex Ryan and the uh, GDM snacks. Um, do you notice him around? Is it like real prevalent? Um, they kind of hidden. What like what's the situation when Hard Knocks is there? Well, I only see them at the press conferences on the practice field. I don't know what their access is like in the building, but at practice, you know, they they've got a lot of cameras. I mean, they spend a lot of money on this. Uh, you know, if from a TV standpoint, you know, you, you send a crew out to Raider camp. Let's this would be like a TV station sending five crews from one station out to Raider camp. I mean, they're all over the place, five or six different crews. And what they do a lot is they put the boom mic over players talking to each other, which I don't understand. Like Sauce Gardner was talking to DJ Reed one day, and the boom mic is over them. What if they're talking about? 
what just happened on the last play and technique. Like, right. I wouldn't love that if I was a player. Uh, and the Jets clearly didn't want to do it, but the league forced them. But the, like I said, the only thing I see is that they ha- they have all these cameras all over the sidelines and all over the field. But I I don't aside from that, you know, you don't notice them too much. It's interesting you say the Jets didn't want to do it. Rodgers looked like he was really enjoying it in episode one. So did Rodgers not want to do it, or he's just a smart guy and he's like, hey, if we're going to do it, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah, I think it's the latter. You know, if they have to do it he's going to take advantage of it because he said at that golf tournament, I believe out in Lake Tahoe, the one right before training camp, he said it was shoved down our throats. So that's how he put it. So uh, he clearly didn't want to do it. But like you said, he's kind of embracing it since they have to do it. Um, I mean, the Jets have missed the playoffs 12 years in a row, which is the, the current longest streak in all the professional sports after the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs last year. So, They've got bigger fish to fry here. They they shouldn't be doing reality television show. They gotta yeah. you know finally make the freaking playoffs. So I think they kind of knew that too. But uh, you know the, the league can force teams to do it, which I find bizarre. And the the most bizarre thing to me is the rules about who has to appear on it. If you made the playoffs the previous year, you don't have to do it. Don't you think the teams that didn't make the playoffs? that were kind of messed up in a lot of ways, that were dysfunctional, that had a lot of things to fix. Don't you think those are the last teams that need to do hard knocks from a focus standpoint? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, as a longtime Jets fan, I'm very jealous of the Giants already. And, uh, you know, the Giants, uh, because they're juiced in with the league, and, you know, they're, they're, well, they can be rock bottom at times, but, uh, you know, they've gotten breaks and not been involved in this whole thing. So uh, it's a weird deal. Fire up, John. When is the New York media going to do its job? What do you mean? Because, you know, Dan, I'm watching the other day. I've got kids, and when they saw Aaron Rodgers' handshake with Sauce Gardner, they were asking me questions about what does it mean when they're pinching their fingers together and put them to their mouth. They think of the kids, hold their feet to the fire, inappropriate. Well, I'll tell you what, the music play to practice uh, <laughs> is, is, is tough, too. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't, I have nothing against hip-hop and rap. Don't get me wrong. That's not where I'm going. But I do have a little bit of an issue when there are kids that in the stands are filled with kids, you know, five, eight, ten years old, like, and they're playing music where they have to bleep out every other word. I, like I said, I have nothing against the genre, but when you have thousands of people at practice and there are a lot of kids, I'm not sure that's what I'd be playing, but... That's a whole other story. At Jets Whispers up on Twitter, Jets Confidential. Grab it. Uh, also, Dan, tell people when you're on SiriusXM, you still doing the Saturday show? Yeah, uh, it's every Saturday from 10 to 2 um, on Channel 88 with Vic Carucci. Nice. All right, over-under win total for this team is 9.5. What do you think? Double-digit wins or uh, be conservative well, here? If well, I know you you can't have caveats when you do over unders. You got to make a decision. But if Rodgers stays healthy, over. I mean, I think that he makes such a difference when you have one of those guys, and there's about five to seven of them in the league. You have a puncher's chance at every game. And even if you're not the most perfect organization, you know the Jets have had their issues over the years. You once one of those guys enters the building, like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, all of a sudden an organization that people had a lot of questions about. All of a sudden, it takes a big step up 
as, as in terms of an organization and the chances to win when they have one of those quarterbacks. They have one now, so if Rodgers stays healthy, I'm going over. Dan, last one, because you got me thinking, because I, I talk about this often, even though we're on here in Vegas, and we have Jets fans out here. Um, when, you, when you think back to their history, and since you've been covering the team, who would you say is the closest thing that, and we're not going to put Namath in here, uh, who's the closest thing to even being like a franchise quarterback quality of like two or three years that the Jets have had over the last 40 years? Well, you know, uh, I know Richard Todd was kind of run out of town, but wow. he was he was pretty good there for a few years. Uh, the first round pick at Alabama in the 70s. And then you look at uh, Ken O'Brien, another guy who's, it's amazing how many people have run out of town in the Jets nation. Ken O'Brien wasn't bad for two or three years. You know, that that run, and then when they had the whole thing with the Dolphins didn't drain the field properly, that was a really good team. Um, And and then you look at uh, Chad Pennington had, you know, two or three good years. So I guess those three would come to mind, Todd, Pennington, and uh, Ken O'Brien. I actually brought up. I was I was talking about. I was thinking about it the other day. I brought it up on the air that um, in the case of Zach Wilson, you know, sometimes it does take guys. I mean, the Jets hope it doesn't take until he's thirty. But he, I was actually thinking like, you know, a Testaverde was a really high pick, and uh, Parcells got a lot out of him. And he was, you know, I'm not going to say he was elite, but he was a good quarterback for a couple of years. But that's how slim the pickings have been, folks who don't follow. Uh, the Jets and the history and just know them to be stinky. That's why they have been really bad. They haven't really sniffed anything close to a franchise quarterback. That's amazing. I mean, it really is, Dan. Yeah, and that's it's the bottom line in this league. I just think you look at the Los Angeles Chargers, right? Obviously, their head coach, uh, Staley, a lot of people don't think much of him. But even with Staley and all his crazy fourth down decisions and all that, yep. they – what what was it? What was their record last year? They got in the playoffs. Like if they didn't have Herbert, with the way Staley was coaching, they're probably three and fourteen. <laughs> so you get one of those guys. There's an old saying that a great quarterback is like a strong deodorant. It covers up everything on your team that stinks. And it's so true. And Rodgers is that kind of guy. It, it's going to make such a difference. And the other thing is people talk about Nathaniel Hackett, what kind of coordinator he is. It doesn't matter that much. Rodgers is going to change so many plays at the line. I've seen that throughout camp. That's his history. He's brilliant at the line. So I don't know how much it really matters who the offensive coordinator is in the booth because Rodgers is the offensive coordinator at the line of scrimmage. Great convo as always. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. Anytime, guys. At Jet Whispers up on Twitter, Jets Confidential. Go there. You can get the phone number. Good stuff. And he does a show on Sirius XM, 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings. That's on the NFL channel. Yeah. I know. I don't want, I don't want to bore the uh, the Vegas audience with uh, Jets talk. But I mean, it's a big story for once. It is. And, and it is. What a weird quirk in the schedule. Giants and Jets. Am I reading this right? In Vegas, back-to-back weeks? Oh, yeah. That's insane. We're going to have all these New Yorkers and uh, New Jersey folks on the ground here. They're going to make a mess of stuff? Uh, I No, I mean, you know, are, are Jets fans a little crazier than Giants fans? Yeah. I think I'll just walk the strip those days. Just here. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 over hey, there. Hey, right. yo. Hey, go Walking over here. That's not, not <laughs> bad. Not bad. DeMond just gave us a, hey. 
I was at the Team USA game, and there were like some guys from behind me, and they were still, they were Knicks fans, obviously. Uh, like, Jalen Brunson fan. Yeah, he's the best player in the world. He's the best player on the team. <laughs> but it was the funniest thing in the world where Team USA they're playing defense. You know the defense chance going, and someone yells, "Hey, give him that D!" And like three guys <laughs> go, "Hey yo!" <laughs> Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, dude. Yeah, Damon, you don't realize I'm cheap. So me buying anything, I was just telling him during the break that the uh, the the Zon account at home that we share, uh, the SO, the significant other. I mean, she's up there a lot. There's a lot of packages coming, delivery trucks every day. Um, I, I I buy a couple things a month, and I was I have I bought a handsaw. Right, little little hands, a power handsaw, right? And I, the, the blades weren't the right blades. I wanted more blades, and I was just so excited to get it. And then Demond's like, "What are you sawing?" That's exactly what. What it, kind of accurate? By the way, what kind of that, like the tone on that question? Maybe my answer would have been like, "Yeah, I build everything in the house." I doubt. Um, oh, it. Yeah, you, <laughs> well, y'all, I was gonna say we know you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, he might not know. He's fresh to the show. Yeah, but I know that y- you would be bragging about your woodworking that you're doing every weekend. I probably would. You would th- the way you talk about uh. the pool. Yeah, I know. You would be talking the about pool. all the. I feel like it's something cat related. Oh, by the way, the uh, my friend who had his his uh, pool rim destroyed got a new one. Paid for him himself though. Uh, yeah, well, yo, they, yeah, no one pitched in to, after they dunked it to hell. Uh, no, and I, I got some shots up. That was on Sunday. I got some shots up. Wasn't happy with the shooting performance. He's gonna throw out the uh, the line that he's got too many big balls. Um, for the pool basketball, you gotta buy more of the ladies' ball. Sure. You know, it just works better. Well, the hoop is generally smaller, too. It is a little it? bit smaller. It's a little bit smaller. Where was I going with that? Yeah, I don't know. You mentioned power saws and whatnot. And well, I was just so I was, I was a little annoyed that he just assumed. You mentioned being cheap. I, uh, well, I, he, he, he assumed that I don't make anything. No, I just used it to cut. I have, a, I have a couple trees that need cutting. So, And I, I had a landscape. The, the next door uh, neighbor lady, she has a landscaper. And uh, no, nothing against you landscapers because I know you got to make a living and you know, it is it is tedious to work out here, but a guy wanted like four hundred bucks to do a cleanup on my yard, and like, come on, bro. It, it, first of all, it wasn't that dirty, and like, I'm not. I want I want to be careful with this. Like, I'm not incapable of like chopping stuff and sawing stuff and breaking it down. Like, I actually like doing it. So at that point, once he gave me that bit, I was like, let's go. Here's here's the saw. Here's the freaking chainsaw. Now, when I when you find out like. Three years from now, that like Cofield lost his hand, you'll you'll be like, well, I know how it happened. You know, I've been wanting to splurge on uh, getting my car detailed. Okay, all right. I feel like it's expensive, right? It's like in the eighties in that range. It's probably worth it. Uh, that's what I think. They do a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. And so do landscapers. So any landscapers who want to sponsor Cofield and Company, I'll do it for you. Let's do it. Um, real quick. Um, okay, how many time. Angels pitchers are going to move on and be good elsewhere? Michael Lorenzo with a no-hitter last night. You never figured him out, by the way. Nor did the Reds. Right. 32 years old, and that, like now he's got it. Yoked. And just out there, first-time All-Star, no-hitter. Andrew Heaney's mowing guys down out there in Texas. It's it's brutal. Did you hear any of the post-game interview with Lorenzen? No. Really good guy. Like Good family guy. Faith guy. Was super appreciative. His teammates were fired up. The other thing I thought that was interesting is it was his second start for the Phillies. So if you're the Phillies radio and TV guys, you're like, oh, my God, no hitter by the Philly, Mike Loren. Like, he's been here for two starts. Like, like, like you, don't, you barely know him, right? Right. How worked up can you get? But they did. They had a good call. It's that pee on the chest, baby. He's in. He's part of Philly. 
He's Philly through and through. The Minnesota Twins travel east to play the Phillies. Listen in Saturday afternoon at 2.30 on E.